0: Uh, Good morning, church. Glad to be back. As you heard, I was away on vacation for a couple weeks, and I was in one of my favorite places to go to. I was on Oahu. And uh, this morning when I woke up, actually, forgive me if I'm a little bit slow right now, because it's like three hours um, uh, difference in time, so it's like 7.30 in the morning, and i 'm just usually getting up right now, so um, and also, I realized I was not in Hawaii anymore when I looked at the temperature and it 's thirty degrees colder here, so this is this is f- freezing for what I was experiencing last two weeks. But also, I was out there, and I always like to share my experience uh, with others and I brought along Pastor Eric and his wife Pam, they enjoyed one week with me. I couldn't believe it. it was his first time out there, so I introduced him to a lot of new exciting places to eat, so I think he was happy, and then the second week, one of our former pastors, Pastor Brian Oyoung, young was with me with his wife Gina, so it's great to hang out with uh, pastors, and we get to talk about how we truly love the church, <laughs> and uh Definitely I had a lot of time to go to the beach and of course as I mentioned I had a lot of good things to eat and one of the highlights for me on the trip was to introduce Pastor Eric to his first ever freshly fried malasada and uh, you should have seen him gobble that thing down it was like, like it was amazing. Well, Hawaii happens to be my favorite place to visit because there I really feel like I fit in. It's it's the people, the culture, the weather. I'm just comfortable there because mainly I feel I belong. So even like the last place we got to eat, which is one of our favorite places, it's literally a hole in a wall in a very shady neighborhood. It's near the housing projects. And um, so the clientele is not your classiest, but they serve the best prime rib on Hawaii. And it's, it's amazing. It's only for 20, $24, and it's a huge slab of meat, which I love. But what's amazing, even though it's in a very bad neighborhood, I feel like I belong. It's, the people are so warm and friendly. I mean, they're huge. But they treat you like ohana, which is a Hawaiian word for family. And the owner is this elderly man. And one time I saw him uh, feed the neighborhood kids. They come after school because they have nowhere else to hang out. Some of them don't even have have meals at home. It's that kind of condition. And when he came, uh, when the kids came, I saw him interact with them. And at first I felt a little jealous because he served them a big plate of fried chicken. And then, you know, I just paid like 20 bucks for that chicken and he told the kids, two dollars. And I said, two dollars? And so I asked him, how do you do that? And he said, a lot of these kids um, don't know how, have anywhere else to go to. So I heard him say to the kids, are you doing your homework? Are you staying out of trouble? And for me, He was like a father to kids who were um, maybe even abandoned by their own families in that neighborhood. But that's kind of the spirit that I experienced in this hole-in-the-wall restaurant. And in some ways, that is something I would hope for in our church, that whoever comes here, no matter what your background that you would feel that same kind of belonging. But sadly, it's not always the case everywhere. You would think times would change, but unfortunately, some things have not. So a question for all of us to think about. Have you ever felt out of place, different from everyone else, an outsider or a foreigner in your own land, alone, even in a crowd, maybe even here at church my personal story uh, begins when I was born in San Francisco Chinatown and for the first six years of my life I spent them in that neighborhood and my father wanting his two sons to have a more diverse upbringing he moved us out to the an outer district of San Francisco to sunset and in retrospect my father made a very wise choice But I have to admit, it was total culture shock for me. At the time, on the first day of school, I looked around my classroom, I looked around my neighborhood, there was nobody that looked like me. Uh, Moving from Chinatown, which was predominantly Chinese, to a white, middle-class neighborhood, created a crisis of identity for me being in two different worlds at the same time, of not fitting in or belonging in either. Now, we all want to belong. There's a deep-seated need in all of us to belong, to want community. But unfortunately, people are naturally more likely to be exclusive rather than inclusive. Whether intentional or not, people tend to gravitate towards others that are like themselves. Without meaning to be exclusive, groups, including us as Christians, can make others feel unwelcome because they expect others to know their culture, their rules of engagement, their communication styles. And if a dominant majority group has certain biases or preconceived ideas about another group, a person from that latter group will feel isolated, if not outright rejected. Today, in, in our, uh, this is our last message in our series, Desperately Se- Seeking Jesus. And I hope you have enjoyed this series as much as I have. Each week, we have been looking at a person who is desperate for something. And in their desperation, each went searching for Jesus and one of the questions we wanted you all to reflect on each week was this. Do you see yourself as desperate? And as, as, as desperate as you may be, do you identify with each person that we've been talking about from these stories? We saw the bleeding woman desperately seeking healing, the rich young ruler desperately seeking life and the woman with the perfume seeking forgiveness. And today we will see a man who is ostracized by his own people and was desperate to belong. And that man's name was Zacchaeus. A question that Zacchaeus faced and one that is valid for all of us to wrestle with, do you want to belong to the family of God? Yes or no. There's no in-between. It's either yes or no one answers determines whether they will have peace not only for an eternity but also in the immediate here and now so will you turn in your Bibles to Luke 19 which is our verses for today Luke 19 verses 1 to 10 and I will begin reading them now Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus he was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but being a short man, he could not because of the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, "Zacchaeus, come down immediately; I must stay at your house today." So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to the, be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, "Today salvation has come for this. House. Because this man, too, is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. And that is the word of the Lord. Let me pray for us before we dive into this passage. Father God, we love you and desire to be like your son Jesus. We cannot do this on our own, but transform us, sanctify us by the Holy Spirit. That we can love you with all of our heart, soul, and mind, and to love others in your name. Open our eyes to see, our ears to hear. Have your way with us now. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you. Amen.
1: From Luke 19, we are
0: introduced to Zacchaeus, a tax collector. I think we're having a So from Luke 19, we're introduced to Zacchaeus, a tax collector who desperately wanted to belong. As we have been learning each week in this series, desperation seems to be the ticket to finding Jesus. And Zacchaeus knew that Jesus had no issue with social rejects like him. And obviously, word was out by now that Jesus was willing to hang out with society's so-called sinners, And sinners were attracted to Jesus like moths to a light. And like all the other persons in this series, as a social outcast, Zacchaeus desperately wanted to see Jesus. So what made Zacchaeus desperate? We see this simply by reading again verses 2 to 4, and we see certain attributes that describe Zacchaeus. It says, a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. And from this text, we see three things about Zacchaeus. And these three characteristics were three strikes against him. And in the game of baseball, we know that three strikes and you're out. The first text says Zacchaeus was a tax collector. And he wasn't any old tax collector. He was the chief tax collector. And this choice of profession made Zacchaeus himself a Jew, a traitor among his own Jewish people. He was serving the occupying Roman government by collecting abusive amounts of taxes from his fellow Jews and he was the man the chief tax collector therefore you can understand the Jewish people despising Zacchaeus now imagine what the Jews were saying behind his back whenever Zacchaeus was on the streets Zacchaeus likely could feel the tremendous hatred towards him when he walked by them I mean does anyone here like to pay taxes I mean, I don't. In some ways, you can't blame Zacchaeus. He needs to put food on the table. He needed a good-paying job, so why not work for the Romans? I mean, someone has to do it. But he likely understood what he was getting himself into. So being hated by people alone, in my opinion, did not make him desperate to belong. I mean, I know people who don't like me And I don't care, (laughs) just saying. Next, we were told he was wealthy. Now, being wealthy already made you set apart in those times where the haves and have-nots were distinctly so very far apart. But being rich materially meant Zacchaeus was very good at what he did. The Romans did not care how much their tax collectors extracted from the people as long as the tax collectors sent to Rome the taxes that Caesar demanded. Anything more, the tax collectors could keep for themselves. So if Zacchaeus was wealthy, he lined his pockets really well and was living the high life by exploiting the Jewish people. Zacchaeus let his greed go wild. Human nature always feels like you don't have enough, and Zacchaeus, definitely took advantage of his fellow Jews to build his personal treasure chest. But even with all this wealth, Zacchaeus felt lacking. Something was missing, which made him desperate for something more. Because as the saying goes, money can't buy happiness. The third characteristic from this text gives us a clue. The scripture tells us that Zacchaeus was short both literally and figuratively. So forgive me for picking on any of you who think you're short, but according to the Scripture, Zacchaeus was short. He was physically short. And being phys- physically short, the text says, he could not see over the crowd to get a glimpse of Jesus. It's like being at, at the movie theater or a sporting event, and someone like Pastor Eric sits in front of you you pay full price and you got an obstructed view but that's what Zacchaeus was experienced here and most of us know people who are short and 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 seeing them get teased for the lack of height and we all know especially when we were teenagers how teenagers can be very cruel And short jokes grow old pretty quick and can cross the lines into bullying that can be very harmful. And today, with social media, things have gotten even worse where vicious cyberbullying that can drive many into depression and who are emotionally vulnerable to take their own lives. So imagine Zacchaeus being hated for being a traitor as a tax collector. And despised for being rich, but also being made fun of for being physically short, which he had no control over. I mean, that's how God created him. But honestly, I don't even think being short in height for Zacchaeus was a problem that pushed him over the edge. Probably for Zacchaeus, more painful than being short physically was him being short socially. Like me, he had a crisis of identity. And what do I mean by this? Obviously, Zacchaeus was not a beloved person in his community. No one in the crowd was going to part ways to let him through to see Jesus. Actually, it might be more likely that people would block him from getting up front. Zacchaeus had no status in his own Jewish community. Zero. Zippo. He was enemy number one. And for sure, he was not fully accepted by the Romans who used him for their own purposes. Zacchaeus was socially short in both groups. So a question for each of you to think about. Have you ever felt excluded in the back of the line? A reject. A um, friend of mine, uh, Sabrina chahan who is the director of Asian American Ministries for InterVarsity, has uh, co-written a book called Learning Our Names. And this book is by three Asian American Christian leaders. And they tell their painful personal stories of their experiences of not being American enough for dominant non-people of color uh, in American culture. And most of us who are of Asian descent have likely experienced the perpetual foreigner stigma that they write about, and if not overtly, but at least unintentionally. Like the title of Sabrina's book, at least start by learning our names. Even to this day, people get my last name wrong. For example, sometimes I get called Lim, or even worse, Mim, M-H-I-M. I I mean, I can't believe how you can get that spelling, but I have mail that's addressed to me spelling my last name as Mim. Even in that incident with the Franchise Tax Board, the woman on the phone from the Franchise Tax Board mispronounced my last name. I was transformed by one phone call into a Korean American. She called me Mr. Kim, and if that wasn't bad enough, on top of that, my friend who I contacted at the Franchise Tax Board, his last name is Jung, but the woman called him Mr. Young. I mean, she got not just one, but both of our names wrong. Pretty incredible. I mean, try getting our names right. I mean, how do you feel like you belong if people don't even get your name correct? And going back to Zacchaeus, given his three strikes, he for sure did not feel like he belonged, but marginalized by his own people. And you know, desperate times call for desperate measures. In his desperation, Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus so badly that he was even willing to humiliate himself and climb a tree, which was very shameful for a grown man in those times to do like the bleeding woman who crawled on hands and knees to reach Jesus, the rich young ruler who embarrassingly ran after Jesus, which dignified men do not do. They do not run. And the woman with the perfume who crashed the dinner party to kiss Jesus' feet. Zacchaeus exposed his butt to others below him who looked up at him in the tree. And he did this because he was desperate, To see Jesus. But his desperation was going to be rewarded. Because, my second point, Jesus sees the desperate, the marginalized, and his presence brings great joy. And we see this in verses five to six. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. Now I heard there's a sequel coming out for the movie Avatar. Has anyone seen the first one? Some of you have. Um, Do you remember in that blockbuster movie, The Greeting on Pandora of the Navi Clan? The greeting was, I see you. In that movie, I see you means I see the love and your feelings and your soul, and you mean everything to me. Those were words of affection and love. And that was what Jesus was saying here to Zacchaeus when Jesus looked up and saw him up in the tree. Instead of walking past him and ignoring him, Jesus stopped and made eye contact with Zacchaeus and said, I see you, Zacchaeus. Come down immediately. I must stay at your house today and and Zacchaeus being marginalized marginalized by his own community for the three reasons that i gave earlier he immediately felt gladness when jesus saw him and spoke to him and to ask him for hospitality was a great honor for Zacchaeus the biblical word here for gladness also means joy The text tells us Zacchaeus responded gladly to Jesus' request to stay with him, and in his gladness, in his joy, Zacchaeus did not hesitate and came down in obedience. Jesus was not like all the others in society who treated Zacchaeus like a social pariah. And so a question for all of us to wrestle with, how are you like Jesus or not? Do you make eye contact with, perhaps, street people who come into your presence? Or do you avoid areas known for crime? Um, Many of us, myself included at times, have a self-imposed blindness to those we don't want to see among us. You know, avoidance can actually be worse than hatred. Even our new church location sits in this kind of tension. Of being around people we are not necessarily comfortable with in our normal, usual circles. God has directed us to be here, to be a part of this neighborhood community. But for sure, this is not the suburbs. And recently, we got a reminder of that. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, if you haven't noticed, we had our trees trimmed. So we hired uh, a tree trimming business to come here and during that week when they were working on our trees and on our property they left one of their trucks here overnight and the next morning they found their truck had been broken into and the catalytic converter was already cut off welcome to the neighborhood incidents like this can be discouraging for us to do ministry here but we must be like jesus who believe no one is beyond saving. Which leads me to my last point. Jesus came to seek and save the lost. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house because this man, Zacchaeus too, is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. And here we see Jesus restores Zacchaeus in two ways first restores him back into the Jewish community by calling Zacchaeus son of Abraham. Jesus was acknowledging him as a fellow Jew, a descendant of the great patriarch Abraham. And this was so comforting for Zacchaeus to hear. But more important than restoring Zacchaeus to his human community, Jesus restored him back as a son in God's family. Jesus told Zacchaeus today salvation has come to this house and that's that's kind of our challenge as a church to be a welcoming place that is a safe environment that will attract people to want to be a part of God's family and like Jesus who did not create church programs but instead equipped his followers by modeling how to love others through relationships We as a church should not just dream up programs but also do likewise as Jesus did, create fertile soil that will grow godly people for Christ. Um, One of my favorite books is uh, called, uh, named uh, Search to Belong. It's by Joseph Myers. I had a great opportunity to meet him at a conference when I was visiting Willow Creek back in the day. And he writes in his book about the church needing to give giving up trying to control people, to control people's lives, to stop telling them what to do and what not to do, not to manipulate them to, to connect and to grow, but instead to create environments that are so attractive that people want to belong. And Meyers suggests that churches switch from being group programmers to becoming group environmentalists. Not controlling relationships, but instead managing environments. Allowing spontaneous chemistry to happen between people and God. I mean, if we all looked in our relationships, it isn't relationships that have been manipulated or forced or fixed. They just happen. Even Certain couples get together and there are no rhyme or reason why they should be attracted to each other. But they do. It's so personalized and individual. Not manufactured or arranged. It just happens. And that's what chemistry is. Our responsibility as leaders is to help people to learn. To develop healthy interpersonal skills to engage with others in various spaces of interaction. So instead of putting people into forced groups, training them to know how to deal with all groups that they face in their lives. Myers calls these spaces public space, social space, personal space, and intimate space. It's moving from outer circles of relationships to inner ones. And doing so will help churches be a healthier place to welcome others into the family of God. Jesus came to seek and save the lost, and as his followers, we should do likewise. We all have a need to belong, to be loved, served, celebrated, and known. I asked earlier for all of us to ask ourselves this simple question, do I want to belong to God's family? There's no in-between. It's either yes or no. If you do, come to Jesus. And if you are desperate like, Jesus, like Zacchaeus, Jesus will see you. Because God loves you, you are precious to him, and worthy to save. And like Zacchaeus, Jesus sees you. And my take-home point for us today is that being seen brings great joy of belonging to the unseen. Again, being seen brings great joy of belonging to the the unseen. A question for us to think about, who around you do you need to see? And who might God be asking you to invite into his family? Of course, this starts with us. We all need to ask ourselves, do I really want to belong to the family of God? Not just in name alone, but being in our actions. When we are being like Jesus, to seek and save the lost, Jesus can do some amazing things. For example, um, Pastor Ben uh, told me one time this very incredible story of a person who was desperately searching for someone and in the process found Jesus. Um, Years ago, Pastor Ben once took a group of youth overseas to Korea on a short-term mission trip. And we do that often, right? we bring people so they may experience the work of god and and sometimes they're not even made that decision to follow jesus and in that experience of going on a short-term mission just like the tijuana trip coming up soon that people can catch what it means to be a christian and in his group he had a young teen girl who was not a christian and the only reason she was going to Korea was because she idolized a South Korean K-pop star named Hirui Lee I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing her name, but Hiri, Hi-ri is uh, a famous K-pop singer. She's a producer, actress, and activist. And, and this girl desperately wanted to see this K-pop star and was asking God to make it happen. And I'm sure Pastor Ben was praying to God to answer this girl's prayer. I mean, it can't hurt to ask God, right? Even though it sounds kind of frivolous. But Pastor Ben was obviously feeling bad for this girl because by the last night of their trip, they had not yet seen this star. He was concerned how devastating it would be for this girl who was kind of testing God to make this happen. Now, honestly, the chance of seeing uh, any celebrity, celebrity randomly on the streets is pretty slim. I mean, it would be like Steph Curry coming through those doors back there. Oh, that's pretty good. Nobody like, looked back there. How do you know if I didn't? He <laughs> wasn't going to come through. So on their last night in Korea, while they were in the hotel elevator, which there's actually another story that's amazing how they got to be in that hotel. Pastor Ben suddenly heard this teen girl screaming. Pastor Ben looked up, and in the elevator was Hiri Lee with her manager. And hallelujah, praise God. It was like a miracle happened. <laughs> Hiri graciously went to their suite and signed, um, signed her CD, took pictures with them. And what is impossible with man is possible with God. And because God made this girl's wish come true, she gave her life to Christ, who, come, who comes to seek and save the lost. Amazing story, right? I began this series with three images of CLC that I hope for us to be. Maybe I should test you. Do you remember the first one? Yeah, uh, emergency room or hospital. And, then I, and that's for the spiritually slick. The second one is that... We want to be lights that can attract people to Jesus. And third, to be a treasure chest where Jesus is the treasure in us. And that is my hope and prayer for CLC as we begin our journey here. And may we be desperately seeking Jesus together. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, help us to be desperate for you. We are nothing without your precious son, Jesus. May we never forget the treasure we have in him and may our light shine bright in the world so others will find you for your glory and not ours i pray this in the most precious name of jesus amen